0: Tackling the Premier League Podcast is back for yet another episode on this great 2022-2023 Premier League season. I'm your host, Jackson 17. Alongside me, Jay Sub the Boob Subber, BJ the Germ Jackson. Guys, we've got a lot to get to. Two game weeks to cover that included some electric midweek games. We saw a new team top the table only for Arsenal to just come and snatch it right out of their grimy hands. We'll cover all that for you on this episode in our roundup of uh, the table and how it looks this the day of February 21st, 2023. But first, fellas,
1: how are we doing?
2: Good, ready to get cut open.
0: Yeah, happy to be back at it.
1: Cut open. And that we all wish
0: uh, the Tackling the Familiarly Podcast community, we'd all uh, wish you all to wish Justin good luck on his... uh, future surgery we wish him the best we start as we always do at the summit of the premier league table uh after 23 games played arsenal sit top uh 17 wins three draws three losses uh looking looking rather good since the last time we spoke uh we've seen arsenal draw a game lose a game and finally get back to their winning ways uh Jerm, I'll start with you first. Since the last time we spoke, the three games that it's been, how how have you seen it go?
3: I mean, yeah, like you said, we've had all three um, outcomes, a draw, a loss, and a win. Loss against Man City was not what you wanted. But the bounce back uh, win against Aston Villa, a very convincing 4-2 win. We went down but still came back. It looked like we always had the goals in us that game, which was good to see. Jorginho, not technically getting on the score sheet, but a rocket. We can discuss that goal a little bit. Some might call some of our players offsides, but I don't think they were impeding the goalkeeper. You can see he still made a good play on the ball and everything. But overall, just still happy to be top of the league. We move on.
1: What do you say?
2: Um, Yeah, other than the performance against City, they looked a better squad out and those other two. But um, with that goal, I mean, by definition, they're impeding the goalkeeper for sure. Um, Like the video you sent today on Twitter, it's one of the toughest calls to make since it's strictly a judgment call. I mean, but like BJ said, and the rule expert said in that video, he still made a good play at the ball. Um, He wasn't going to get there. And then unlucky bounce to hit him in the head and for it to roll in the back of the net.
1: Yeah,
0: it, it is a judgment call. Like you said, it's an opinion-based thing. It's not black and white. It's not like you're off sides, you're not. Um, yeah, you, you know, and, and uh, for it to be Emi Martinez, former Arsenal goalkeeper to give up the own goal to, for Arsenal to take the lead against uh, uh, Arsenal. And, and former Arsenal manager, Unai Emery, uh, to to witness that defeat. That's tough. Uh, I will say it's probably a, a pretty good make-up no-call for um, the absolute blunder that saw... Uh, VAR referee Lee Mason uh, leave his role with pgmol after uh, incorrectly allowing Brentford to uh, Level the game against Arsenal that would end in a 1-1 draw. That was that was just There were so there were so many reasons that goal could have got called back and none of them were called There were two players and the initial ball into the box that were offsides that were shielding Arsenal players from going after the ball both of them were offsides then the ball goes across the box, it's cleared, it's headed back, it's cleared, it's headed back to an off player who then crosses it into Island Toney. I mean, there's three reasons for that goal to get called back. Uh, it all worked out, though. I mean, obviously, Arsenal would rather have the two points and, and uh, sit pretty with, with a, a four-point lead. Uh, they currently have a two-point lead, but... Uh, the with game the game in hand. With, yeah. Yep, thank you, BJ. With the
1: game in hand, uh, you know, I think... I think uh, the Man City game, we we'll get, we can talk about that a little bit because Manchester City is obviously sitting second
0: in the table. Jerm, I'll get your thoughts on it since you were on the losing side of that one. What did you see out of your team there was it, Was it something to be to be happy about, or was it was it one of those defeats that
1: felt soul crushing?
3: No, I, uh, the second half was definitely a disappointing half. The first half was very promising. We looked honestly the better team in the first half, I would argue. Um, but yeah, that second half killed us. It was rough. We got to work on that. Um, uh, missing party, and obviously, uh, Jay Zeus has been out for a while, but having both of them, I think we would have won that game.
0: What, what was your take on that game? Obviously, uh, Man City were three winners and you got the three points, but what did you see out of your team that that was a, that uh, made you happy, made you mad, made you frustrated? What, what were your feelings?
2: Um, I agree with what BJ said about the first half. Um, But City perspective, we dug in well and defended well, which oftentimes we don't do. Uh, I mean, as you can see, we're leaky at the back at times. But, yeah, the second half was pretty dominant from the City point. Um, Playing – I mean, starting off, we played a lot more long balls, trying to find Holland, played his strength. Um, And then the back line for Arsenal kind of fell apart throughout the whole thing. Uh, I going into it, I thought starting Tommy over Ben White would give them a little bit of advantage. But then uh, it was a long ball played by Ederson to Holland. And Tomey made a mistake leading to KDB's goal. And then Saliba and Gabriel made a couple of crucial errors as well. Um, and then party, yeah, you could say the midfield struggled. But I didn't think Jorginho played bad uh, in his replacement. Uh, yeah, he adds more pace. Party does, but still decent midfield play. It's just City was simply the better team in the second half.
0: Yeah, I was going to make a comment. I think uh, you know Arsenal kind of shot themselves in the foot on you could probably you could make the argument that all three goals. I think you know Tommy's error. Obviously, you know that that's a mistake. We'll move past that. Uh, and, and you'll get on. Arsenal got the goal back after an Edison uh uh foul in the box. Is that a foul for everyone in the group?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. I just wanna make sure there was no controversy there. Um and then, you know, the two goals in the second half for Man City, you know, it, 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 there were mistakes from the back that were given to Man City and, and when you give Man City the ball in, in the attacking half of the pitch and the playmakers that they have, they're gonna they're gonna quick fire rapid and, and get in the goal. And it was it was uh, encouraging to see Man City step on the front foot and step on the gas pedal and go forward instead of uh, go backwards and slow it down and keep possession I I agree with, with with what BJ said I think Arsenal were the better team in the first half and I think I think there were spurts There were there was signs of them being the better team in the second half They just weren't clinical enough in the top half of the pitch um, And and like you said, you know, I think personally they they were missing party Jorginho helps Tremendously with Arsenal keeping possession of the ball He's a much better possessor of the ball than uh, than Partey, but Partey helps a lot more in winning possession back and 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 in the transitions phase of the game, stopping the other team from possessing the ball. He can win it back quickly. You know that that ring of him, uh, Ben White and Zinchenko that keeps the ball in, in the other half of the pitch. So I think Partey's a big miss for them. They still have one more time to play. I think that'll be a, a massive game. That'll be at uh, the Etihad Stadium. Um, but definitely one to keep our eye on. And and while we're talking about Man City and Arsenal, we can move to Man City. Man City, almost perfect in in the three games since we last talked. Uh, Unfortunately, they dropped points this past weekend uh, to Nottingham Forest at the city ground in a 1-1 draw. Um, They beat Aston Villa 3-1, beat Arsenal 3-1, but could not... Get the job done on the road against uh, Nottingham Forest. They were on top of the table, drawed with Arsenal going into that game. Obviously, Arsenal had won the 7.30 game that put them on top of the table by three points. Uh, City had the chance to draw again and their goal differential lift them above. Arsenal obviously having the game at hand. They were unable to get it done, a 1-1 draw. Uh, Sue, what's your take on that game? What you see that, that frustrated you the most in that one? Um,
2: well, City did what City does, and... Uh, Possessed the ball, trying to attack a low block. Uh, the opposition sets up, and we had 23 shots, six that were on target. We could have easily put this game to bed. It could have been three, four, five nil, and we would have gone home with the three points
1: on top of the table. But we just weren't clinical enough, simply put. Sure. I mean, yeah, that
3: was a, a great outcome for Arsenal. And Arsenal fans out there, you would love <laughs> to see that um, Nottingham Forest equalizer. Uh, Jack, you you sent us a video about it. What all eleven players touched the ball for Nottingham Forest, and that build up to the goal it
0: was a lovely yeah. goal. You would love to see it. Yeah, it was a very good goal. And I think it, 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 you watch the video back, it kind of looked like City were just like, okay, let's take a break and let them have the ball for a second, we'll win it back and we'll punch them in the face and get on the counter and try to put this game to bed. It didn't look like a a, a unified defensive performance in that specific set of the ball. Um, and, and I don't, you know, not a force like Barcelona, prime Barcelona in that phase of play when they, they scored their goal, it was nice. Um, Justin, yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head there with saying city weren't clinical enough. I mean, you don't see many sitters missed by Holland often. Can we label that one as a sitter? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean, he hit the bar. Thought it was going in. I mean, he was kind of already peeling away to celebrate, and then it seems like he just kind of rushed the uh,
0: rebound. Not a not not what you expect from him um and not what you yep. want to see from him that 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 that's the difference between uh 2 points and 1 right or 3 points and 1
2: yeah and honestly i was more disappointed in uh the breakaway foden had where holland was on his left he needs to just make his mind up sooner whether to take it himself or play it over to him maybe if he's playing a bit more and a little bit more informed he makes the right decision um but to me that one was more frustrating than uh holland's miss
0: that's right. Good to see him backed up, uh, and hopefully he can he can help be a pivotal person uh, for City moving forward. City said just two po- two points behind Arsenal. Um, Arsenal obviously have that game in hand, like PJ has said. Uh, it is against a team they have already lost to, though. Uh, they are playing at home in this this uh, rematch. Um, so w- we'll keep up with that title race as we move forward. But is it safe? To- we'll move on to the, th- the third place team. Is is it is it too? Uh, Far out to say that a third team Potentially could join this title race And that that being Manchester United Who sit just three points behind City
2: No I don't think it's too far to say But I will say that they have to have A few results go their way Obviously Um, Rashford is in great form Form of his life Uh, But yeah They're going to need some help From the other teams seeing that they don't play City again to make up that deficit. And Arsenal's going to have to stumble. I know they do have a rough April coming up uh, with, what was it, eight or nine games in the span of that month. So yeah. that could really be a crucial time for both City and uh, United.
1: Hmm. BJ, what do you think? You think you think United have a chance at, at
0: pressing for a Premier League title or do you think they're just comfortably fourth and – or do you think they're comfortably in the top four and, and going to sit pretty in third place for the rest of the season? I mean, no, this is definitely
3: a, a team that's in the title race, in my opinion. Uh, they're only uh, five points back right now. They do—they have played twenty-four games compared to Arsenal's twenty-three, so that is something that they have to uh, deal with. But no, this Manchester United team's riding high right now. They're definitely riding Rashford, which is good for them. Rashford's form, like Justin said, is the form of his life, but. You got it. You got to expect this form to dip at some point, right? No way it can last into the, the season. And when this form does dip, is this Manchester United team going to dip with it? That's a big question, right there. That is a huge question, and
0: I, I will bring up there. There has been a an, another spark. Obviously, it's sat in the shadow of uh, Rashford's form, but uh, Jaden Sancho with uh, was it two goals in his last two games? He's back from his uh, mental health break, and he and he's been firing. They're not necessarily like drop-your-draw kind of goals, but, I mean, he tied the game up against Leeds, a game in which they were 2-0 down at halftime, uh, and they stuck out for a draw. Um, In the the second game against Leeds, you know, I'm not sure if he played in that one. I'll have to check real quick. Uh, But, uh, you know, uh, it was a Rashford 80th-minute goal and an Aliano-Garnacho 38th-minute goal. Actually, Sancho started that game, was withdrawn in the 61st minute for the eventual uh, winner of that one, but he did score in the 3-0 win against Leicester this past weekend. Um, so he, he you know, if, if he can help take some of the load off Marcus Rashford, I really think this team is right there in the thick of it. Uh, a, an interesting tactical, uh, just a uh, point that I want to make here is, uh, Erickson Hogg has moved Wout Weghorst, uh, from the number nine role of being the big 12 striker to hold the ball up to a number 10 role and sitting in behind Marcus Rashford to try to flip things on. And I, I think it was exceptionally brilliant against Leeds because he was, it was Walt Weghorst versus Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney, who were both very good defensive midfielders when the ball's on the ground. But uh, aerially Weghorst was able to flip balls in behind to Rasher or, or knock them out to Bruno Fernandez on the left wing, excuse me, the right wing. So, you know, we'll see. Erickson Hogg seems to be a brilliant manager. I, I don't think anybody's, I debated that, but he's got a Manchester United in the Carabao Cup final. That's coming up this weekend. Can I get y'all's, they're playing Newcastle. Can I get y'all's prediction for that while we're here? Newcastle gets
2: spanked. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, no Pope in goal. He's serving his red card suspension. Uh, Dubrevka can't play because he played for United in this tournament. And so they're going to somebody who played in like, the fifth round of the FA Cup against, I think it was like Bristol City or Blackburn or somebody like that. So, yeah, I think they get spanked.
3: But well, can't they can't they also turn to the uh, former Liverpool keeper? Don't they have him as well?
0: Yeah, it's Lorish Carey. It's just I thought what Erickson had said who's going to be the starter. The guy yeah, who the guy who blundered the Champions League final. That, yeah.
3: That's what yeah, I was just about to bring up. You either can go to a guy that's only played one game uh, in the FA Cup against some no name like Justin just said, or you can go to a guy that freaking blew it in a champions league final and really hasn't played a meaningful game since. It'd be yeah, tough two, to throw him it'd be tough to throw a guy like that right into the thick of the things in a cup final, you know? So we'll s definitely think uh Manchester United should win this one easily.
2: Yeah, two great options to have.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think Manchester United win this one as well, guys. This is uh, Manchester United's first trophy in quite some time. Um, I obviously would like to see Luis Carrius redemption tour, just Newcastle 1-0 on a big middle finger to, uh, to uh, Liverpool and them cutting him after his really rough Champions League final game. But um, I also would absolutely hate to see Anthony Gordon lift a trophy. So yeah, I'm all Manchester United in this one. Uh, we'll move on from Manchester United to uh, round out the Champions League spots. Uh, it is none other than Tottenham Hotspur. Antonio Conte still missing from the sideline after his uh, uh, recent surgery. Uh, he's recovering in Italy. Four-one <laughs> defeat from by Leicester, which is not something you expected to see from Spurs. Um, and you know, then they played uh, a game versus West Ham, in which they won two. You no, know, um, they find themselves still sitting fourth three wins out of their last five uh is this is this a little bit of a, a, a turning point for Spurs have they have they looked better in, in recent times or are they still still struggling heavily
2: well I think consistency needs to be there I mean you go to Leicester and get beat 4 to 1 against the team that's been in relegation zone for half of the season and then you go out and put a pretty dominant uh display against west ham for the most part uh just a little bit more consistency i mean they got quality in the squad obviously but they can be consistent then yeah they can round out this top four
3: um tottenham tottenham Tottenham. yeah justin hit the nail on the head with this team um they're so inconsistent man one one week they'll beat man city and then next week they'll get spanked by Leicester, and then they'll come right back and keep a clean sheet against west ham so, I mean, this team's so up and down, man. If they can get it together, yeah, this is um absolutely a team that can round out the top four and keep Newcastle out. But it's just both of these two teams, Newcastle and Tottenham, they just got their issues. Newcastle with the draws and Tottenham with how inconsistent, inconsistent they are. It's going to be tough for either one of these teams to really solidify that fourth spot.
0: Yeah, it's like I said in the last podcast. It, it, it really looks like it, from fourth through tenth that – Nobody really wants to, to be number four for whatever reason. And, and everyone's just been so inconsistent, jumping up and down, playing really well one week, playing really bad one week. You know, I, I question the director of football at Tottenham Hotspur and, and what his plan of action is, because there's been a, a large financial uh, expenditure in the top half of the pitch. And, and they've left they've been left kind of weak in the bottom half of the pitch. Um and and obviously, you know Hugo Lloris going down. Who's his backup? I mean, that's something. You know, who, Hugo Lloris is is has been a brilliant keeper up until about this season. He, he, you kind of wonder why has a backup not been sorted for him, he, he, even though he was. You know, un, un, uninjured until the very last minute of the transfer window, or actually, I think it was over, the transfer window is over when he got injured. But someone needs to be behind him. Someone needs to be coming in and being ready. And they had to go to the free agent market and bring in Fraser Foster to to, to play keeper for them because they didn't have a backup. It's like you know they brought in such heavy reinforcements on the attack, such heavy reinforcements in, a, in an already strong midfield. But the back half of the pitches seemed to be underlooked, and and um, you know, Lester really put them under a lot of pressure they they were they went down 1-0 and Brendan Rogers men came out and, and fought for it and, and turned the game around uh, to to win 4-1 which is quite impressive
1: for me yeah, well,
3: you, said, you said it um, great with how um Hugo Lloris went down right at the transfer window uh closing that sucks man if you if that would have happened a week or two earlier that could have been a perfect place for Kyler Navas to go and really shine in the Champions League and more with Tottenham instead of with Nottingham Forest, but he's still shining great with Nottingham Forest.
2: Yeah, and you brought up your questioning the sporting director. They had to let Diarty go because they have too many people out on loan for him to complete his loan deal towards the end of the transfer window. Um, now, they did bring in Pedro Porro, which I think is an obvious upgrade for that position, but Still, how do you forget that you have too many people on loan?
1: And how do you forget
0: you have no backup keeper worth a damn? I mean, <laughs> I, I I just don't know. I think that should have been sorted way earlier than you know. Even if you, Hugo Lloris got hurt in the last week of the transfer window, you know, the eyes would have opened and then like, oh crap, we got to get a keeper in fast. They should have replaced. I mean, they should have a backup goal. They're they're a top they're a top six team every year. They're a Champions League team last year. They're a champion. You know. It, come on now there's you know the clubs run pretty ineffectively but yeah i can see them finishing top four unless liverpool make this make a run which kind of looks like they are obviously they stumbled today in the champions league um but you know if liverpool can get on it fulham looks looks like they want it newcastle united are start, they've hit a little speed bump but yeah, we'll get to it. We'll move to fifth place in Newcastle United while I speak of them. Uh, they they do they will not be playing this weekend as they, they do have a uh, Carabao Cup final fixture against Manchester United, which we all believe they'll be expected. Um, more draws than wins, this Newcastle United team, but they find themselves sitting fifth on 41 points, just one point out of Champions League, with a game in hand over both Tottenham, Man United, and Man City. Uh, a win in the game in hand would take them... Uh, on 44 points into fourth place, just five off the third place. In their last five games, they've got a win, uh, three draws, and a loss. Since the last time we spoke, Newcastle United drew 1-1 with Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium, Uh, and then they lost 2-0 to Liverpool in what was just a bizarre game at home. Uh, You know... Sue, you, you you were adamant, or not adamant, but you you made the case that Newcastle United looked like a top-four team a few weeks ago. They still look like a top-four team to you, or is that is that opinion changed?
2: I mean, it ultimately depends on whether or not they can find goals. Uh, but this past week against Liverpool, absolutely abysmal start, and then even worse whenever Nick Pope gets sent off. So losing Pope, that's huge to that back line. Um and then they got City in their next game and he won't be back for that either, will
0: really. he? I think it's a three game suspension.
2: Yeah, so he won't be back for that either. So their chances of drawing that one go down.
0: Um, or it's not it's not violent conduct, so it may be one. But either way. Yeah, but might. it was
2: intentional, so I mean, with his red card it seemed like he reverted back to his instinct and uh swiped the ball away, which did save a goal, but now he's gone for at least the final, if not huge games in the Premier League. So if they don't come in fourth, uh, then, I mean, you could very easily see them slipping out of it. But I still see them finding a way. But like we keep saying, it comes down to goals, whether or not they can find them.
0: Yeah. You you were adamant that they were maybe a Europa League spot, uh, definitely not a Champions League spot. Uh, it Does does this slip in form surprise you, and, and where do you see them ending up?
3: No, it's what we've been saying all season, man. These draws are going to hurt them, and they're hurting them now. They just get three draws in a row there. that You can't do that if you want to win Champions League. You have to convert some of these draws into wins if you want Champions League football. There's just not a team that's going to get there this year. I could see honestly, Liverpool is still jumping them for that fifth spot.
0: Yeah, I make my case uh, I, again. I agree with you guys. I think I think they got to find goals, like like Sup said. I think they also have to find form and health. I mean, Saint Maximum missed a, a better part of the winner here, and, and now he's back, but he doesn't look quite the same player. Um, you know, Isak has been kind of in and out of the team. It's good to see him back starting again, but you know. Uh, the midfield as well. I mean, Bruno Guimaraes. was serving a. I think he was serving a three three match ban, right? And now he's he's bat. Uh, he's he's a big loss with them as well. And then and then you know some of their some of their back line has been in and out of the team. Obviously, Trippier and Byrne have been there for a minute. But I really I, I really like to see Newcastle firing on all cylinders. Obviously, I, you know I think they I think they wasted forty five million pounds this winter on a, a Scouse ginger. But you know I'm glad we got the money out of it. Um, but with that being said, you know, they're they're in a Carabao Cup final. If they get that win, you know, that's huge for their club because they haven't really won a, a I don't think they've been in a final since 1999. Uh, and uh it, it would be huge for them and, and, and it'd be a huge statement to to what Eddie Howell has done and what he could do for this club. Um they have a lot of pressure though cuz the next five teams we talk about are really knocking on the door. I will move on to uh sixth place uh full and football club the new sixth place uh, spot holders um two really good wins on the back of um two losses and a draw in their past five games those two big wins uh came against none other than Nottingham Forest 2-0 at home which is a big win considering Nottingham Forest's form uh and then they took on uh Brighton Hove Albion at Brighton Hove Albion and beat them what was it was it 1-0 me look. sorry I yeah 1-0 1-0 at the Amex stadium guys Marco Silva's men marching on. This is – obviously, I have been watching the Premier League the entire 30 years it's been around. But this may be one of the most impressive seasons from a recently promoted team that we've seen in a minute. Fulham, guys. Marco Silva's men.
2: Yeah, Fulham's been good, and it's pretty much the exact opposite from uh, the club we just talked about. They've been able to find goals. Um, ever since Solomon's come back into this squad, he scored his last two games. Um, And, I mean, they got a solid keeper in Bert Leno. So he's been able to keep the back solid and really surprising – one of the surprising players of the season for them, which a few could make that case, is Tim Ream, old man at the back. He's been very solid, uh, earning his spot in the uh, U.S. men's national team for the World Cup. So it's been fun to watch this team play.
3: I mean no just Justin said it perfectly at the end there this uh, Fulham team with Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson at the back. I'm pretty sure Anthony Robinson's getting a lot of uh looks from some uh bigger clubs. So uh, it's nice for him to uh be performing back there too as along with Tim Ream that partnership's really nice for Fulham. But yeah, the signing of Paulinho in the uh summer man. I think that's that was the huge that's huge for this team and that's the main reason why this team's um up there performing with the
0: big time teams this year yeah i agree with you at the beginning of the season it was all Mitrovic. i mean not all Mitrovic. everyone was supporting but in terms of goal scoring it was all Mitrovic. but now i mean everyone's starting to come in and pitch in and, and and come to life and 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 they look good the question is what's their ceiling where 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 could you see them you know obviously they went out they're going to be in a good spot but they won't win out where could you guys see them finishing this year that's, that's realistic and a good ceiling for them to place
3: no, nah, if if this liverpool team doesn't make a run like i think they will i could easily see them uh, jump in newcastle for that fifth spot i really could this team right now is just performing and i like justin said the newcastle team can't really find goals i trust this Fulham team to find goals over newcastle and that's what it really comes down to
2: yeah i agree with sealant being about fifth as well um but another player you got to throw in there is Willie, and He's looking back to his old Chelsea days.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, he's been great. Definitely playing better for Fulham than he did for Arsenal, that's for sure.
2: Oh, 100%. percent
0: <laughs> A will move on from Fulham. Uh, seventh place sit Brighton, Hove Albion. Uh, Roberto De Zerbe's men uh, struggling a little bit in the last five games. Uh, I say struggling. You know, They picked up eight points, but that's not the form that we expect from them, especially since uh, since the World Cup Restart. Uh, they sit on 35 points even lif- with 8th place Liverpool below them uh, they're even on goal differential as well they're even on the records uh, I just believe they're ahead of them on goals four which is the third tiebreaker they have one extra goal than Liverpool do pretty impressive stat that if you ask me uh, since the last time we spoke Brighton and Hove Albion have drawn with Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park uh, and then obviously the 1-0 defeat to Fulham at home uh as you know this is a team to just keep your eyes on for me they're fun to watch they're they're a good team to watch uh but if it's the 10 o'clock game and, and and you know either my team's playing or one of y'all's team's playing or there's a better matchup you may not watch them but they're a sneaky one can can they find a european place or are they comfortably mid-table yeah, I,
3: th- I think they're comfortably uh, seventh or eighth. Uh, honestly, I think eighth because I do have Liverpool making that run here coming up here soon. So, yeah, this is a Brighton team. It's uh, you it would as a Brighton fan, it's kind of rough, man, to see. Honestly, you you're, you're happy that you're up there at the top of half of the table, but from wh- where where the season was and the potential the season had, so kind of what it's slipped to a little bit. It's not slipped much, but they can still definitely turn it around, but it's just it's, it's sad to see a little bit.
2: Yeah, I see them mid-table or about where they're at as well. Um, but with that being said, they have two games in hand on fourth-place Tottenham, and if they were to win it, uh, they go up to top four. So they're, this four to tenth, like you said, is up for grabs for anybody right
1: now. That
0: it is. You're right, and and also the bottom half of the table was just jam packed too. Uh, some teams have m- have made room, but we got we got battles all over the place, which is what we love to see. You know, like, Premier League season's so long, anything can happen. But it, it's so much fun to see. Uh, and we'll keep yeah, an the eye. writers set it up perfect. That's right. Those script writers, man, I swear. Eighth place Liverpool have uh, seen themselves win two games since the last time we spoke. Uh, they've, they've really turned their form around. They look a different team. Uh, 2 no no-wins over rivals Everton at Anfield, uh, and uh, a two-nil no win over Newcastle at St James's Park. Liverpool, BJ, you have to moving up on a run. What what in this team? What in this team makes you think they have a run in them?
3: The fact that they can uh, score goals and uh, potentially outscore opponents. They have that attacking uh, that they have is pretty deadly with uh way Cody Gapo's coming on and Nunez is coming on and then Salah is always still there. He got him a goal today and then Nunez is goal today. Jesus Christ in the champions league. What a nice goal that was, but yeah, it's just, I think they have the ability to score goals, which is, I like, and I think that's what you need to actually get up there and uh, compete with the top five or the top six. So yeah, I just, I think they can uh, score goals, but they did get lucky in these past two games. They, uh came across an Everton team at home, so, yeah, that always looked like a win for them. And then the Newcastle with the Nick Pope uh, getting the red card, that kind of messed the whole game up for Newcastle. So they did get a little lucky in their last game, but I still have them making a pretty nice run up to the – honestly, I think they could easily still that Champions League fourth spot from Tottenham.
2: Yeah, and something that can't be understated is quality in the squad, especially the attacking front. Um, Bobby's looked good the past few games. Uh, Gakpo finally getting his first Premier League goal for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're poised to make a run. So, I mean, I hate to see it, obviously, seeing that they've been City's biggest competition, but cards are on the table. I mean, they have the squad.
0: They definitely have the squad. They definitely have the talent as well. So I think you know you're not you're not way too far off on that. Uh, I I want to see more at a defensively on that side of the ball. Obviously, other than the championship game this this week, Uh and, you know they they've held two two clean sheets, which is also quite impressive. Uh, you, you know, like you said, Justin, they were about five inches away from going one 0 down to Everton at Anfield, uh, but they're always such a threat on the counter attack with the pace they have. Oh, you know, I would have loved to see Gabe bring uh, bring Darwin Nunes down on the first goal, for a yellow, t- taking the yellow card and keeping it at 1-0, but that's part of it. I think Pickford made a bad play on the ball as well, uh, but in the Newcastle game, to be fair, they were already 2-0 up inside of 15 minutes or inside of 20 minutes when Nick Pope got his red card, uh, but you know they they've seemed to recover a little bit of form up top i don't think anyone you know it was funny at first to make fun of darwin nunez for missing all the chances but i don't think anyone ever thought he was a bust um and, and i mean his his transfer fee was pretty high but definitely uh a player who has a ceiling that is that could make that transfer fee worth it uh they sit on 35 points they also have two games in hand as well as brighton and Hove albion so like you said win both of them six points and bang they're right there uh with tottenham or uh with tottenham Hotspur, just a a game off so or excuse me a point off so really close uh and we'll keep we'll keep an eye on this you know eighth through uh well i guess ninth really or i guess tenth really i mean there's so many teams in it we'll move to ninth it's a uh, for the, the, big,
3: the big thing that's gonna help. Uh, just let me get uh, talk real quick uh, about this Newcastle. Their goal differential that's gonna help them out big time if they get into a battle with the teams below them, like a Fulham or Brighton or Liverpool. They have a ten goal, uh plus ten goal differential over Brighton and Liverpool, and a fifteenth goal differential over Fulham. So as long as they can just keep the their clean sheets going, that Newcastle team that goal difference is gonna help them out big
0: time. <clears throat>
1: I agree with that. That's a good point. Uh, we'll
0: move to ninth place. Uh, the bees still buzzing. Get this stat for you guys. The only team in the Premier League in their last five games to not lose a game. Uh, and, and and they have played some good teams in that time. Uh, not specifically that time, but since the last time we talked, they tied 1-1 with Arsenal on the road at Arsenal Stadium. Uh Emirates Stadium, Arsenal Stadium, same thing. Uh, and then they tied Crystal Palace one-one as well. Um, Brentford is this is this a surprise team that could could make Europe? Or are we all are we all saying that they're not they're not good enough? But they've had a good season nonetheless.
3: No, I think this is the this is the best Brentford team we're seeing right now. They're putting together a bunch of good performances, and they're looking like a really really good team that can. Uh, mess up a couple seasons for these teams that are battling for these uh, Champions League, Europa League, uh, League spots. So they could they could easily, uh, I want to say maybe maybe seventh jump Brighton, but they would have to jump another team too. And I don't really see that happening. So yeah, eight, I see eighth as their ceiling.
2: Yeah, I kind of agree with you, BJ. Um, like we've talked about their. The uh, quality of these players playing better as a unit. It's safe to say that the quality of four or five, maybe not that much, probably three or four of the bottom fourteen teams are better than this bright or Brentford team. I mean, simple as that. But the form of this squad, th- the chemistry that they have together, they look like a formidable opponent every week. It kind of just depends on whether or not they show up to play, which they've obviously been doing since they haven't lost in in five games or so,
1: six games. Yeah, I wouldn't want to
0: play them. Uh, This is the World Cup, really. Yeah, they're deadly on the counter, and And Thomas Frank has got a really good, positive, feel-good vibe around this club. Uh, They've done some good business in the past transfer window, bringing in Me from uh, relegated Burnley, and he's low-key been one of the players of the season. I think, obviously, there's been some uh, higher-profile names that, that could get signing of the season, but he's been brilliant for Burnley. You know, it wasn't three years ago. I mean, not Burnley for Brentford. It, it wasn't three years ago that I was sat watching Everton versus Burnley and saying, "God, I'm glad Ben Me isn't my centre back." But what, what, you know, what a turnaround from him uh, from his injury last season and the old man. One of those Tim Ream-esque performers. Obviously, uh, Tim Ream, we hadn't really heard of his abilities until this season, but he's been playing well. Um, yeah, they sit on 35 points tied with Brighton Hove Albion and Liverpool. They obviously only have one game in hand on the Premier League. They don't have two. Um but they, they they they're kind of like the Newcastle team where if you can't if you can't win it at least draw it. As they have uh they're tied for uh most draws in the Premier League with none other than Newcastle. Um and for them to be outperforming the teams that are below them, on paper you look at the squad, and you say okay, This team should not be eighth or ninth in the Premier League. They don't have, on paper, the talent in the squad is not ninth in the Premier League. But uh, the performances and the overall uh, sum of the parts has been has been working pretty well, and and that's my take on the bees. Should we move on to the Lions?
3: Yeah, we can talk about this shit house of a team. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea Football Club, man. I call them the big spenders. It's not even a joke anymore. I mean, they they are the big spinners. Uh, a zero-goal differential. They've given up as many goals as they've scored. Uh, eight wins, seven draws, eight losses. Uh, one loss in their last five, but three draws, which is just not quite good enough. Guys, I, I
1: beg the question, and I don't think it would happen, but it, it, is, it, is Graham Potter on the hot seat? I
3: I just don't think uh, Chelsea can pull that trigger. They would have to pay a shit ton of money to get him out of the club right now. So I, I, I don't see it.
1: Yeah,
2: I don't see it either. But if they didn't have to do that, then yeah, he's for sure on the hot seat with the players he's got, the money they've spent, et cetera. I mean, there's no reason why they should have one goal in February to this point
0: you're right. They they have a lot of very high quality players, uh, and and they also have a lot of very young players as well. And he has got to work with them and get them a team and, and 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 do all the things. They're obviously not you know where they want to be now, but in the next three years, I could see a Premier League title. You know, I could see them pushing for a Premier League title in the next three years. Uh, with with how hard they've been working.
1: And if it doesn't happen have?
2: with the money that they've spent, then it's been a complete bust of a rebuild, as some would call it.
0: Absolutely. I agree.
3: No, I think it's kind of like the struggles that happened with the Nottingham Forest team earlier in the season. It's a team that you just put all these new players together. They just kind of mesh. You just got to wait it out, really. It's just a waiting game with this Chelsea team. I know it's, it's rough. There's going to be growing pains, but uh, this team will eventually get it right. It's not going to be this season. I don't expect them to be in European football next year. So that will be nice for the team that they have just to focus on the Premier League alone next year. That might be a dark horse to win the league next year, honestly. But, yeah, this isn't the year for them.
1: Interesting. I agree with that. Uh, any more to add to them?
0: Great. Um, we move on to um, Aston Villa, who sacked their manager, hired a world class manager, turned things around, uh, but they've got themselves clear of the relegation zone. But in the last three games, have, have dropped all three of them. Uh, they find themselves sitting in 11th place uh, on 28 points. they they're, they're uh, eight points clear of the drop, which I don't think they're in danger of. Uh, they lost a, a game four uh, two to Leicester. Uh, we covered that one in our last podcast uh, where they went up twice and just could not hold on to their lead and actually got picked back. Uh, they then saw themselves 3-1 losers to Manchester City, and then this past weekend 4-2 losers to Arsenal. Uh, Acerbella under you Emory, definitely a unique team and a much more improved team. Um, obviously clear of the relegation zone. Obviously not really... European contenders, what do we have to say about this turnaround from uh, Aston Villa and, and what United emery has been able to do? It's definitely something
3: I expected. I expected Unite Emory to get this team out of that relegation battle, but it's always something that I've known about Unite Emery and uh, the way he coaches. He's just so, so up and down. He really cannot make decisions on what he wants to do. He's just so inconsistent with the stuff he does. Yeah, he's going to show up potentially mostly for the big games. He usually does. But and if he doesn't, then those are just more drop points for them. And you see what's happening now? Three straight losses for Ison Villa is not what you want.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, to be fair, he did play City and then Arsenal, which on paper and on the field, they're just simply not matched up to those teams. And as far as tactically, I think he's done very well. Um playing uh, Watkins and Bailey up top, letting Bailey have a free roam around as a 10, and really just trying to find Watkins in a dangerous area. And he's even getting more out of uh, Emmy Buendia, <coughs> which Frank wasn't able to get anything out of. And coming from Norwich, I thought that was a really quality signing for
0: uh, Villa. Yeah, I mean, Steven Gerrard lost the locker room and lost the team. Uh, it, it it seemed a heavy disconnect between him and the club and the fans. I mean, the fans never really backed them. And I, I, they had a decent end of the year back back into last year, but never really seemed to get it turned around and get going. Uh, the gruelish money was kind of wasted, kind of well-spent, but kind of wasted. Um there there is some concern with the with the growing age of the squad but i think you and i is the guy to bring in and i think like you guys said this this team could be one to watch moving forward uh, we'll move on to 12th place that's uh crystal palace guys crystal palace have been on a dreadful run of form um, they've they've got four points out of their last five games four draws and a loss um, but considering the team they are and where they were you know you expect more from this team are their team getting sucked into the relegation zone or or are they clear
1: and they're, they're just having a bad run of form and they'll pick it back up
2: yeah i think the worst is behind them honestly uh really four points in the last five is better than what they were doing because they were in that relegation battle pretty serious um And to draw against Brighton and Brentford, two teams that are above them in the table, and Newcastle back in January, um, and then even United way back then. Um, They're finally showing that the potential and maybe not quality yet is there, but I see them safe.
1: Yeah, I
3: see this Crystal Palace team safe as well. There's just teams below them that I I think that are just in worse positions or worse positions than what they are in. Um, but yeah, it's 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 rough for this Crystal Palace team. It's not what you want. The form they had, like Justin said, the four draws in the last five games is better than what they were doing. But it's still, still not, not what you want. Not a single win in those five games. So. Yeah, you got to You got to turn some of those draws into wins if you want to make an improvement on the table.
0: Definitely want to see them pick pick it up. They're honestly only five points out of 10th uh, place. So, you know, they're, they're close. It's just, uh, you know, you want to see a little bit more. You want to see the goals start going in. You want to see them stop letting in such easy goals. Um, but Crystal Palace easily comfortably safe, and uh, and hopefully uh, they can add more quality and in, in, in the summer and, and look to be, like Aston Villa, push for top half of the table next season. Uh, moving on, Nottingham Forest uh, recently promoted, recently received a brilliant goalkeeper who has kept him in a couple of games. You know, one loss in their last five. This is much better for him. Uh, Steve Cooper has his men marching, and, and like we said, has picked his top 15. Is the, the addition to killer Navas, guys, and, and obviously we've said a lot about this team. We, we've had a lot of opinions about this team. The addition to killer Navas, guys, is this team
1: safe? I mean, call it now. Is this is not enforced safe from a relegation battle for the rest of the season? Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with yes, but I'll caveat
2: that by saying that if they're in it, they'll be kind of like Leicester and be on the outskirts of it.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they get sucked right back in it. Honestly, I do. I think yeah. Caleb and
0: Arvis keeps them in games, but, you know, uh, obviously a brilliant display at the weekend against the city. None of us are really, really good at home. I mean, they're really, really good at home. On the road, not so great. Um, the city grounds a brilliant atmosphere. It keeps them in the games. And they've got some important ones against relegation-threatened opponents at, at, at home. Uh, they face Everton at home. They face Wolves at home. Um, they've got Southampton at home. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they have a lot of really tough road games. Uh, but, you know, I can see them fighting. I can see them dropping down there to, like, 16th, 15th, 17th around. Because I think, I think Leicester and Wolves, who are below them, are going to— are really gonna catch fire and they're gonna they're gonna thrust themselves out of the relegation zone. I say that after Wolves just really dropped a bad, bad game. Um but with that being said, you know, I, I don't think they're I don't think they're safe and I don't think they're they're putting it on cruise control and relaxing and looking ahead to the summer. I think they, they still have a little bit to worry about and they still gotta get, get, gotta keep up the momentum that they've built uh since the resuming of the World Cup. Or really since Steve Cooper's extension being signed. Um any yeah, more of for force? Oh, yeah, go ahead, Justin.
2: They definitely can't put it on cruise, Um But with that being said, uh, Morgan Gibbs-White Gibbs and Brendan Johnson have really turned up their form in the past few weeks. So that's part of the reason why I see them being safe.
0: And Chris Wood was a brilliant signing as well. I mean, he, he does a job. You know, he got bought – by Newcastle from Burnley to, to weaken Burnley so that Newcastle could lift themselves out of the relegation zone. Um he scored a couple of important goals from Newcastle, but obviously was never in the long term plans. He comes to Forest and, and and he's there to do a job and he's been doing it. So I mean the top half of the pitch looks good. The middle half of the pitch looks decent. Uh Felipe could be January signing of the season if Kaylor Navas doesn't win that. Um, so you know They have definitely made significant financial investment and they definitely made, uh, gotten some brilliant reinforcements. Um, You know, we just have to see how how they play out and if they can keep their form and if Steve Cougar can keep this horse team rolling. But
1: I I have to say, you have to back them anytime they're home. Uh, Leicester City, guys? Yeah, let's move on. Leicester City, once bottom of the table, now sit 14th.
0: been playing pretty well I say pretty well uh, they've been playing decent they have uh, two wins and a draw in their last five games uh, they are tied for second worst in the Premier League when it comes to losses as they sit with 13 losses um, but they have seven wins which no team in the bottom 12 have more so you know they, they're they a win-loss kind of team only three draws on a season that's, uh, that's tied for the lowest in the Premier League uh, this uh this Leicester City team have they found their niche? Have they found their form? It just depends on how they play. or are they are they still struggling to find it? And is is Brendan Rodgers maybe looking at his last eighteen months in charge?
3: I I think this is a team that's found themselves out of the relegation battle. And this it's uh, um I think they'll stay there. Honestly, they're obviously um, if they uh the, if all the teams in the relegation uh, zone win and they lost, they would still be out of the relegation battle. So I think they'll stay that way for the rest of the season. I, I honestly think the relegation battle is down to five teams. I think Wolves are going to make it out as well. So, yeah, this Leicester team, it's its, it's rough for uh, Brendan Rodgers. It's obviously not what they wanted this season. It's definitely a down season for them. But you got to give the man uh, um, the start of the next season, to at least give him a yeah. shot. If he starts out rough next season, then, yeah, he's got to go. But obviously, if they – in the relegation battle, he's got to go.
1: Yeah, he
2: was on the hot seat to start the year, obviously. But um, like I said last pod, he or their signings since 2019 haven't been good enough. Simply put, um, I mean, just guys that weren't Premier League ready that showed promise in France and other places. And I, but I will say, this past week against United. I think they had like one of eight or nine shots in the first half on target with De Gea making a few few great stops in that. I mean, I guess some weren't counted as shots on goal. So if they could have worked him a little bit more and put one in the back of the net, that 3-0 loss potentially could have been a win for them as they looked the much better squad in the first half. But...
0: Yeah, there are also two, goal, two goals that could have been disallowed if United weren't wearing United shirts. I think and Marcus Rashford was really close off sides. I've seen those oh. given the other way. I mean, they draw the lines to make them look onside, but uh, yeah. until until, the, until they get a camera that runs the sidelines as fast as like the the – the uh, or it keeps up with the last defender you're never really going to get a perfect angle i think they could do it i just don't uh, you know i think it would kind of ruin the viewing experience for the people in the stands it wouldn't be great but um yeah i I agree lester's right there i mean they're they're a couple of performances off being comfortably mid-table um i just you know i i worry personally you know about their finances, obviously, and, and moving forward. I mean, have we seen peak Leicester City, which were FA Cup or uh, FA Cup winners, and and uh, you know a European team, or or is Leicester City still have better days in front of them?
2: I think short term uh, best days were the uh, European spot and the FA Cup, but this team does really well on the counter. So and. As we've seen, they've been able to get goals. So, moving forward, if if Madison stays, if Harvey Barnes stays, if Nacho uh, keeps to this form and plays to his full potential, then, yeah, this team could really get back to their ways of, you know, top football. But it'll be a rebuild kind of thing i mean it'd be nice if everybody could go out and spend 350 400 million like chelsea did but they're simply not in that position
3: yeah leicester city's uh, better days are definitely behind them under brendan Rodgers. i don't think it's gonna get any better than them almost qualifying for champions league and winning the fa cup it was a rough days when they happened um, not qualifying for champions league but they were the better days under this brendan Rodgers team it's like I said, it's gonna be rough for them to go anywhere else next season under him. It's gonna take a lot for him to change the board's mind and stuff like that i I don't think he's gonna do too much more
1: with this team all right, yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I think you know Madison's gone, Temans is gone. they're gonna have
0: to replace both their players, and they're only getting money for one of them difficult uh difficult task to do for Brendan Rodgers but we'll see what we'll see what they do and we'll see how they move in the future. Um we'll move forward 15th place uh Wolverhampton Wanderers the Wolves sit on 23 points just a point behind Leicester just two points behind Nottingham Forest and and one win could take them all the way up to 12th place to meet up with Crystal Palace. Um two wins in their last or three wins in their last five the only losses were to Man City and then Obviously, this past week against Bournemouth, which was a 1-0 loss, which is very disappointing considering they at home. Uh, Wolves, guys, they're in the thick of this relegation battle. Am I wrong?
3: No, at the, at the moment, they definitely are. But they're the team that I think gets out of it before it actually turns into a real battle.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree. Um, I mean, they showed great. Resilience and persistence to
2: come back being ten men down or a man down against Southampton to win it, but bad loss against Bournemouth, obviously uh, but yeah. yeah, they're with the quality in that squad, you see them pulling out of this battle
1: I think so too. I think the quality's there, and I think the new coach has has a grip on this team,
0: and I think he can pull them away. It just it just begs the question, you know, how far up can they go? Because the the teams ahead of them are uh, historically have had better form so far this season, and and it's kind of the question I find myself asking with the bottom half of the table is like, how much higher can you go? Considering the teams above you are are who they are and they're doing what they do. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, uh,
2: it doesn't matter how high up you go, seeing that they're and fifteenth on twenty-three points as long as they don't go further down. I could definitely see this Wolves team jumping
3: all the way up to eleventh, competing with Villa. I could really see them doing that if they get I mean, I mean they're finding form finally. That's what you want out of this Wolves team.
1: Yeah. Yeah, same. I mean they're they're good enough to do it. The question is, can they? Um and
0: I, li- I like this Wolves team. Like we said, they have a very good midfield. So probably one of the best in the Premier League. Uh they're one of those teams the question is where the goal is gonna come from. Luckily they have uh they have more uh obvious goal scores than some of the teams below them. Uh, but they aren't uh they aren't finding those goals yet. Negative fifteen goal differential. They have only scored seventeen goals this season. That's tied with the lowest in the Premier League. Uh unfortunately they've given up thirty-two Goals, which is up there with some of the best, some of the worst in the Premier League. So we'll get to that. You know, we'll, we'll watch this. We'll see this relegation battle is right in the thick of it. They sit in 23 points. Um, the team in danger, 18th place right now, are on 20 points. And the bottom of the league is 18 points. So they're only five points off the bottom. They're only three points off of relegation. Really, really close battle there at the bottom. Uh, we'll move to 16th place if y'all have nothing else to add. No, that's all I got for Wolves, yeah. Uh, Everton Football Club sit in 16th uh, place, two spots above uh, the danger zone. They sit on 21 points. Uh, they have three losses in their last five games, the other two being wins. Um, under Sean Dyche, new manager, however, they have won two of the three games he's played in. They beat Arsenal, lost to Liverpool and then beat Leeds this weekend in a one no battle, which saw Seamus Coleman sneaking one in on the near post. Guys, first
1: question I have to ask, was that a cross or a shot? It was a shot. Well, if you ask Coleman, it was definitely
2: a shot, uh-huh. um, which I would tend to kind of agree with, seeing that nobody else was in the box. But what is Melier doing right there? I mean... I've never played football in my life, so. But you obviously got to defend your uh, near post. Just terrible positioning by the keeper, but good for the old man to uh, find it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Melier really blundered that one, but also at the same time, I mean, I was watching the game with a couple of my coworkers. I was on call this past weekend. One of my coworkers is a big Leeds fan, and. OB played the ball into Coleman, and, and the first thing I did, I saw obviously I saw him chasing after the ball. The first thing I did was look into the box to see who was there, and I saw no blue shirts. So the first, and I audibly said this out loud, uh, you know, Justin, you like to say if the dogs could talk, they they tell. Well, if Willie was in the podcast, he'd tell you. I all I said was win a corner. I said win a corner. That's all you got to do is just win a corner, kick it off and get a corner. And I looked away. And the next thing I know, I look back in Coleman's wheeling away in celebration. Brilliant goal. Um, Brilliant shot. Just one of those that took everyone in the stadium off guard except for him. He knew he was going to do it. Um, But Everton Football Club sit on 23 points. They're three point, or excuse me, 21 points. They're a point off the the drop zone. Um, They have, they've they've played 23 games. Sorry, I was going to say they have a game in hand, but they obviously do not have a game in hand. Guys, Everton are in the thick of this relegation battle. The past few weeks, you've said they're going down. Are they still going down in your mind after what Sean Dyche has shown in the past three three games?
2: That's a very good question. And if I had to put money on it today, hmm. see, I don't know much about Leeds' new hiring, but I'd still go with them finishing above Everton. The quality in West Ham's squad, I'd go with them finishing above Everton as well, which puts Everton back in the relegation zone. So, yes, but this team has looked a different squad with uh, Dyson there. Kind of unfortunate the way they went behind to Liverpool, which completely changed the game. Even if it's nil-nil and y'all don't give up that goal, it's a different game. So, yeah. yeah, you're playing – it's a different team with Daish in there.
0: So, you're putting money on it, Everton or going down?
2: If I had to.
0: Did yeah. DJ BJ, I, BJ the same way?
3: Yeah, I'm with Justin here. He's definitely changed the team, but you got to look at the talent at the two teams below than Justin mentioned. They definitely have more talent than this Everton team. I'm not relying on Ellis Sims to be my striker.
0: I'm, yeah, just, I'm, I'm not doing it. Juker, yeah. Doing it. Yeah. I agree with that. I 100% agree with it. That's the big kicker. Can dominate Tarrell and get fired and can he come back know, and get fired? No,
3: Jack, it's over. It's over. He cannot. I mean, but even if he's just he a He will never be the player he himself. once was before injury.
0: Oh, I definitely don't think he'll be the player he once was before injury, but can he come back? I mean, he's a pre- he's, he's obviously a massive presence when he's on the pitch. Uh, you saw that against Arsenal. I mean, the the way he plays is completely different to the way Neil Mopé and Ellis Sims play. He, he, I mean, he provides an outlet, and and he, it's always a danger when a ball gets crossed in the box when Dominique calvary is in there compared to if Neil Mopé or Ellis Sims are in there. Uh, the, the Liverpool game... I th- I think Dice was trying to switch it up and go with Ellis Sims just to create some chaos and, and and hopefully get a result at Anfield. And I mean again, like you said, Justin, we were we were five or six inches off being one up one nil no up. Liverpool were clearly the better team and as soon as they got their goal, their counterattack goal, uh they dominated the possession and then they got another counterattack goal, which I mean is Cody Apple, you know, he's he's amazing. Uh for me. I I read into Leeds' new manager because obviously we're in the thick of a relegation battle. Leeds have a very, very, very tough stretch of games, which we'll get to in a second. Um, But Everton's stretches of games are broken up by the fact that they have... Their hard games are broken up. So, for example, we play Arsenal. And then we have for Brentford and Chelsea. Chelsea obviously in poor form, we could get we could get a result from that game. We have Spurs and Man United. And then we have Fulham, Crystal Palace and Newcastle, which are all games we can get points from. We have Leicester, Brighton, then we have Man City, and then we have Wolves and Bournemouth to finish out the season. There there are stretches of games where you can see us getting three, four, five points, you know, stuff like that. Whereas Leeds have like a, a five-game stretch where you look at them and say there's no chance they get any points from those games. I'll read them out to you real quick just because it's Leeds. They have, they have Manchester City, Newcastle, Spurs all within three games of each other, and then they have Arsenal, Nottingham Forest, and Liverpool all within three games of each other. I mean, those are bad, bad runs that can make or break a team. And you'll get a new manager bounce. And, and their next few games, they have a chance in. They have Southampton and Chelsea. You'll get a new manager bounce out of that. Um, but, and, and then they have Brighton and Wolves, which are also games that they can get something in. But once they hit those big stretches, I, I just, you know, I like. I obviously don't want them to go down because I'm an American fan first. Actually, I'm probably an Everton fan first. Let me take that back. But I agree they have much more and more talent, but, you know, it, it'll definitely be an interesting battle. I think Sean Dice has the history. He has he has the tactics. He has the making. He has the simplicity that could get Everton Football Club out of the position they're in. Uh, But I won't drag it on. Uh, Uh,
3: Whatever helps you sleep at night. You made some good points, but at the end of the day, I'm taking talent over the points you made over
0: potential stretch of run. I'll say this. I'll say this to to just last last comment. Unless you have a rebuttal, or Justin wants to make a comment. Uh what what what's the saying uh or excuse me effort beats talent when talent doesn't work hard or something like that i mean and in the past 3 games you uh, really the liverpool game was a little bit frustrating cuz we went down and there was there was a long way back but in, in the arsenal game and in the leeds game you saw talent i mean you saw effort you saw effort at its highest peak and i don't know if you watched the everton leeds game but there was one clear team that was better on that field i mean gonato it looked a shadow of the player he was a few weeks ago coleman shut him down and and you know mckinney and adams were good but the the three of onana DeCore and gay outperformed him just through sheer drive and working hard jack harrison jack harrison made it look like there was only it was weston mckinney and tyler adams versus three and Jack Harrison was absolutely absent. I just think, you know, Sean Dice has that minimum effort is the – or maximum effort is the minimum requirement. And it and it's it's shown already. The question is, can he build on it and can he keep going? Steve, so you got anything to add before we move to
1: Bournemouth? It's
2: a race to the mid-30s. The mid-30s has been uh, the spot you needed to be in at the end of the year to stay up.
1: Yeah, it is a race there. We'll move on. Uh, 17th place, the last safety spot, finds Bournemouth. Bournemouth
0: AOC, who started the season really well, even after sacking their manager. Their caretaker manager started really well, but uh, they've only found four points in the last five games, uh, and they they see themselves with a negative 23 goal differential amongst the worst in the Premier League, actually the worst in the Premier League, sitting even with Everton on 21 points, uh, obviously just a worse goal differential. Uh, next up for them is Man City. Bournemouth is a lock to go
1: down. I think we all know this, right?
3: Yeah, Bournemouth and Southampton are definitely locks in my opinion to go
1: down. Yeah, I would agree. Where? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for Bournemouth. I think they started well. I think they just,
0: you know, the, they were out by a lot of other clubs. And three teams have to go down every year, and they're one of them. Uh, into the relegation zone we go. 18th place to West Ham United. Uh, they find themselves only sitting on 20 points after uh, a massive 2-0 uh, loss to Tottenham Hotspur. They drew Chelsea, and they drew Newcastle, but uh, just recent recent fixtures and recent formats found themselves sitting still deep into the, the table.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, we ask the question every week, When will West Ham board of directors make the move? It seems like at this point they're sticking it with him. Um, I mean, yeah,
2: they did play Tottenham and Chelsea in their last two two teams with, you would say, a better squad and an obvious more financial backing, even though West Ham has spent a bag since the summer. Um, A big
1: bag, to be fair.
2: Yeah. It's just Skomako's dealing with injuries left and right, and they just got to beat the teams around them. It seems.
0: Yeah, I think that's the key to getting out of relegation zone. Is you have to beat the teams around you. It's not <laughs> yeah. necessarily about winning against the teams ahead of you. Jeremy, what do you think about West Ham? And do you think they make a move before the end of the season, or just, does does uh, David Moyes see this club demise, or they get out?
3: No, this is def- uh, they definitely stick out with David Moyes. I've told you this; they they're gonna ride him no matter what, which I think is the right decision. You got to respect the manager and what he's done for this club. Um, but it's it's rough right now, man. I
0: West Ham's games against the teams around them just just for you guys' sake. Um, they play Leeds. They play Bournemouth and they play Southampton. Those are the three games for the rest of the seasons against teams in or around them. Um, they have three relegation-threatened teams that they play. Other than that, uh, Brighton, Villa, City, Newcastle, Fulham, Arsenal, Liverpool, Crystal Palace, Brentford, and Leicester. I mean, uh, you know, there's... in In, or, in that... Unless they get points off of the games where you see they have no shot, they they really have three three pointers, so nine points, and then they have uh, a couple maybe one pointers. So you know it'll be tough for West Ham. I hope they get out of it because big historic football club and a lot of money spent on players. But wish 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 I'll see how how it deals in the future.
2: Yeah, and the talent in that squad, they could see themselves finding points out of other games. Um, like the Villa West Ham game, that'll definitely be one I'm turning into or tuning into. Uh, and a couple of those others you listed. Qualities there is just is the form
1: there? And is the setup and the tactics there? I don't think so, but you know it, 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 it's it's something
0: when you look at a team and you don't see a lot of quality, you, you recognize why they're in the position they're in, you know? But when you look at a team and you see a lot of quality, you you question why they're in the position they're in, and then you ask why they have not made the obvious move to change the position they're in. I mean, for example, just for example, Wolverhampton Wonders made a move, found themselves out of the position they're in. Uh, Aston Villa made a move, found themselves out of the position they were in. You know, uh, those are my... Two prime examples. Everton as well. I mean, they're not out of the position yet, but they, they saw, they, they found the reason. I mean, the quality is not quite there, it's the same as the other teams. Uh, Leeds United have made the move. You know, they sacked Jesse Marsh, who wasn't performing well enough. So the question is, I mean, if Leeds make the move and get out of the position, then they're, and then it's obvious, you know, the manager was the problem. I may be the only one out of this trio who thinks that David Moyes is the problem, but, um, I think they have to make a move to find themselves safe, and I think if they drop, if if they don't get uh, more than four points out of their next two games, I think we could see David Moyes gone, which I think would be the right move. Um,
2: I mean, neither one of us never said he uh, isn't a problem, which he very well could be. It's just like I think, said. I think, yeah,
3: I think West Ham just respects him too much to fire him. I think they ride him out. It's not like I don't think he shouldn't be fired. I just it's all come down to what I think West Ham just respects them too much to fire.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. We'll move to 19th place. Uh, Leeds United, uh, two points in the last five games, a draw against Brentford and a draw against Manchester United, which turned out to be an <laughs> electric game. Uh, they've lost to Nottingham Forest. They've lost to Manchester United in, in a double that they played. Then they obviously lost to Everson at Goodison Park. Uh, stacked Jesse Marsh, hired Javi Garcia, who saw a little bit of success with Watford, in which you saw Watford finish top half of the table uh, in his second season in charge, but was then uh, sacked the next season after just five games and no wins. Um, This Leeds United team, massive game this weekend against Southampton, the team that's below them. Uh, Really a troubled situation guys and uh you see them in the thick of the relegation battle what what's what's it going to take to turn them around
3: that is a really good question it sucks i know none of us want to see this team in um the position they're in with all the uh united states people they have especially how um young uh adams and mckinney both are and aaronson if they could just um i don't know god it's tough to figure out the problem with this leeds team
1: i I just, I really don't know, fellas. I, it's rough right now. Yeah, this one is tough to call. Um,
2: hopefully, the new manager comes in and makes a change because, like you said, none of us want to see it for these guys. Uh, but, yeah, it's tough to pinpoint exactly where the issue is.
1: There's a lot of issues. The goals are there sometimes but they leak goals for fun. I mean, like, uh,
0: 39 goals allowed. It's up there with uh, some of the worst in the league um, other than, obviously, you know, Nottingham Forest, 30, or excuse me, Nottingham Forest are on 38, Aston Villa are on 38, uh, Bournemouth are on 44, and Southampton are on 40, Leicester City are on 41. They're right up there with with one of the uh, worst uh, teams in terms of, of goals allowed, but their second in the relegation fight uh in with goals four. I mean, other than Leicester City who has scored thirty six goals, which is impressive for the relegation battle, they sit on twenty-eight. No one is even over twenty uh in, in the relegation fight. You know, Wolves and Everton are on seventeenth, West Ham's on nineteen, uh Southampton's on nineteen. It's, it's really just a, a tough situation. They've got to shore up the defense. This has been a thing since the Bielsa days. They sacked Bielsa. They brought in Jesse Marsh. Uh, Jesse Marsh was not able to shore up the defense. They've got to shore up that defense.
3: Yeah, like you said, um, the defense is a big problem, and um, them scoring goals, having that good of a, a goal-scoring record, um, kind of makes me want to um, put my money on them to get out. I like the fact that they can score goals. I'd bank on that rather than a, a good defense. I'd rather have a, a team that can score goals than a, over a good defense any day. So, yeah, um, I'd bank on them to get out over a team like West Ham where they can't find a goal right now.
1: Yeah, me too. That's a fair shout. Yeah, I agree with you guys there. I mean, the goals
0: are, are really important. Um and that's what that's what sees you get three points. You know, <laughs> yep. definitely definitely important in, in a relegation battle. We'll move to uh, 20th place, Southampton. They have sacked their second manager of the season in Dan Jones. What's <laughs> uh, the well, was,
3: Just a, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but what's the most uh, manager sacking by a team in one season?
0: I, I have no
3: idea. Do you know? I don't. I want to know if uh, Southampton's close to it if they fire this guy.
0: I don't know. I think they have a caretaker manager in charge, don't they? They haven't really signed oh, anybody.
3: Yeah, Then I mean, they might just ride a caretaker out until the end of the uh, season and try to find someone in the summer.
0: That's what – I mean, I think that's what I would do. It's just – I mean, they obviously got a big win this past weekend against Chelsea, which is massive. Uh, James oh, Will yeah. prowse free kick. What else? Uh, other than that, their only win since signing Dan Jones was against Everton. And of course, the game that – I was at, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Southampton's obviously a lock to go down. I think you ride a caretaker manager out until the end of the season, uh, and then and then you, you look to make a serious appointment. Kinda like what Burnley did when they when they sacked Sean Dice, you know, they they wrote him out to the end into the season and then they took their time and they found their guy and Vincent Company who they are dominating the championship now. But um you know, I think that's I think that has to be Southampton's move here. They just re- restart, replenish and, and get back to it. So we all are in agreement that this team team's definitely going down. What team
3: makes a run for James Ward Prowse? I definitely think he's a player that could be a top, uh, easily a uh, utility, or rotation guy for one of these uh, big clubs.
0: I don't. Other than his free kick ability, I don't necessarily um, rate him as a, a regular. Sh- like he's not a utility player. I don't. I don't necessarily rate him as a starter for anybody uh in the top top ten of the Premier League right now. I mean maybe, you know, I agree. Owen could pick him up or Brunford could pick him up, but I, I don't see him in one of the historic sky six clubs being a starter. And if you're gonna bring him on just for free kicks, I that's kind of pointless considering Southampton are gonna probably ask for a pretty good bag for him. Now, as a Tieleman's replacement, I think he could go to Leicester. Um I think he could work with Chick DeCore at Crystal Palace as well. I think those. Are, I think that that wouldn't be a bad sign. I think Aston Villa's got plenty of midfielders, um, but yeah,
3: I, I could I, definitely. I, like you said, I can see a team like Fulham. Uh, yeah, Fulham, um, Leicester. Those are both two good teams for him. I agree. with put to those.
2: He
1: needs yeah, to be yeah, the workhorse. I don't, even, workhorse. <laughs> I don't, don't even know
2: that. if I'd say Fulham. Um, like Jack said, he's a one-trick pony. It's just his free kicks and. Your money could be better well spent somewhere else, as you're probably going to have to pay a pretty penny, just like Jack said. Um, so yeah, maybe a, maybe Crystal Palace, maybe a replacement for Telemans, as uh, he does show up for Premier League games, unlike uh, Sumare for him. Um But yeah, I don't see him breaking much more than a mid table team and even then does he have enough quality to start for those mid-table teams
0: i mean to be fair and to be fair in in james warpros's case um he does sit at the top of the premier league for the most distant covered uh by by any player in the premier league i mean he runs a lot he works hard um in terms of creating chances, the major majority of that is all from set pieces, but he's there, he's working hard, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's Ward Prowse, it's Rice, it's a Wobie, um, and, and then Suchek. But, uh, you know, like, I think I think the guy works super hard, and he's up there with, with you know, some of the best midfielders <laughs> yeah. in terms of work rate. I just don't think he has the quality to belong in one of those top teams.
1: Uh,
3: yeah, I, I agree with I agree with that. I definitely don't see him. Like I said, I definitely don't see him as a starter as one of those top teams. But I was just asking a question how you all thought this is a rotation player. But okay,
1: got you. Absolutely. Yeah, I know, if,
2: I know if I was a caretaker in some form, he wouldn't be in not even a short list. Not even like a long list, I guess, of like top 10 players I'd be after for
1: just his free kick ability. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, free kick ability
0: is definitely up there. He, he's up there with some of the best free, free kick takers there are. Um,
1: but yeah,
2: again, he's, tied with, he's tied with Beckham for uh, Premier League. Uh, free kick goals now in the lead. I'm pretty sure at 17, but that's just not enough. I'd rather go after somebody who's maybe proven in La Liga or even a Brazilian wonderkin um, than him, and especially the players that are out there. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I agree as well. Well, that uh, that does us here for us at tackling the Premier League podcast. We're always here to uh, provide you guys with uh, table rundowns and coverage of past game weeks. Uh, you know, we we have some things coming up here in the future that, that may delay a couple podcasts, but we're right back at you as soon as we can uh, to bring you an update from the Premier League. All the twists, all the turns, all the ups and downs. Uh, all the lead changes and place changes and relegation battles all will be covered here on this podcast. Stick around, smash that follow button, give us a thumbs up, five stars, whatever you feel. Hit us on Twitter at tackling the We appreciate you all. Thank you.
3: Yeah. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, it means a
1: lot. Hit the like button. Share. Yeah. We'll see y'all next time. <laughs> Cheers guys.